Welcome to Education Matters, presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm your host, Marianne Wolf. Centering student voices can lead to an empowering classroom environment, bring about higher engagement and motivation, and ignite passions. Today, we will hear from Bettina Umstead, the chair of the Durham Public Schools Board of Education, and students and educators from New Hanover County about their Student Voices Initiative and the policy that they proposed, which was unanimously passed. First of all, congratulations on raising your voices, creating a policy proposal, and for the passage of this policy. We are absolutely thrilled to be joined by Salman Vaughn, a junior at Hoggard High School in New Hanover County, Cassidy Thompson, a junior at Hoggard High School, and Tanea Toon, a sophomore at Laney High School, also in New Hanover County. We are also delighted to be joined by educators Dr. Casey Smith, an education consultant and former MTSS coordinator at Myrtle Grove Middle School in New Hanover, and Shala Harper, a special education teacher at Trask Middle School in New Hanover County Schools. Welcome to all of you. Salman, I'd love to start with you. Why is hearing from students so crucial in the decision-making process? I think as the biggest stakeholders of the game, really, we need youth voices to be heard in order to create like this culture of, of co-creation, of inclusivity. And I think that's essential to addressing our current and our future systemic issues. I think that um, solving a lot of those issues starts right here, right now with us. And um, I think that means reaching out to all types of students, uh, you know, not just the academics, the athletes, the band kids, but really just the students who are also sitting in the back who may not be taking the most from the system. Cassidy, I know that you presented the Student Voice Initiative along with your uh, the other students here to the New Hanover County School, School Board. Can you tell us about this policy and what this policy does for students across the district? The goal of this policy is to create avenues for students to connect with and collaborate with adult decision makers in our county. Um, because as Salman said, students are the primary stakeholders of our education. And it's really important that we are there when decisions are being made that affect us so basically our policy outlines four different ways that students can get involved with um, adult decision makers, be involved in those conversations that are really important to our education. The first two structures were already in place. Uh, one of them was the Superintendent Student Advisory Council and the other is the student equity teams in all middle and high schools in our county. And the new structures that we included in our policy were the opportunities for students to be involved in board committees, um, to be there when the real important conversations are happening. And the student engagement team is a group of students, um, a diverse group from all of the schools in our county that will have a monthly spot on the agenda of the Board of Education meetings to talk about the issues that come up, the things that they're talking about that are important to them and their schools. So these four structures are just really good ways for students to be able to connect with these adult decision makers and be involved in the decision making process. Tanea, we'd love to hear a little bit more about how this came to be. What was the process of bringing students together, creating this policy proposal, and ultimately presenting it? When I was a part of the school improvement slash student engagement team, and we had a Zoom meeting, I met Dr. K when she was at Myrtle Grove. And then we basically were just talking about student voice and just student engagement when it comes to adult allies and students in general. And then we just stayed in contact with Dr. K, and then we met 
over the summer and had more Zooms. And then we met college students who were a part of Student Voice. And so as we kept learning about Student Voice and as we got deeper into our understanding and our passion for it, then we started to actually buckle down and be like, what do we really want to do? And then we came up to the answer. We found out that we really wanted to have a group and we wanted to be able to talk to these adults who we don't see on an everyday basis, who have the power to change our entire school climate, our environment, just our learning. We made an application for students to be involved and help us create this group. And then we chose Cassidy and Salmon because we wanted a diverse group and their voices were so big and so loud and they knew what they wanted and they knew what they wanted to say. And so when they came onto our group, we came to the choice of making our policy and then we started creating it and we kept getting no's and denies and kept getting, hey, you need to edit this, hey, you need to take this out, but we didn't stop. And then we finally got the yes. And now we're just living in just the happiness of it. This was several years in the making. And I think that's important for everyone to realize these things don't always happen overnight and your persistence and thoughtfulness uh, really helped us get here. Um, Dr. Smith, I'd love to hear what inspired you all to propose this initiative. And, you know, are we living the outcome you were hoping to see? So, you know, Tanea spoke to the longevity of, of this process and uh, I know for me, as a as a scholar of, of the work of Student Voice and as a practitioner, uh, this is something that just over the course for me personally over my career has evolved in terms of understanding and something that um, Ms. Harper and I really grew our understanding on was not just what it means to be an adult ally to students in this kind of space, but really transitioning towards accomplice in, in this space. So I, when we you know, there were various iterations over time, but I think looking back, the, the key turning point was when we had board members that were interested and supportive. We had a superintendent that was like, yes, let's, let's, you know, do something here. And really getting into what we called the project itself was, it was a very fluid process. You know, there might've been some students who came to that process expecting something different, but we, we allowed the process to be very fluid and ultimately got to the point of what do we think uh, an outcome is going to look like? And we knew we wanted it to be something that was sustainable, uh, a youth engagement strategy, a student engagement strategy that would be sustainable so that when Tanea graduates two years from now and she goes on to become president of the United States, <laughs> the, the future students in New Hanover County schools and you know, no matter what board members are there, no matter who the superintendent is, this is kind of a way that things are in Hanover County schools. Uh, and you asked, you know, in terms of like the right now, I think we're at a critical point to see what's going to happen with implementation. I'm so proud of this group because they took, and it's just so people are aware, it's not just this group, there, there are others, but this is certainly a part of the core. Um, they took a break and they've kind of come, come back now in January and they've They've gone to the Equity, Diversity, Inclusion Committee uh, recently and kind of said, hey, we're here. We took a break. We're, we're ready for our other adult accomplices to identify themselves so that we can really work on implementation. And Ms. Harper, what advice do you have for adults who seek to serve as true allies or accomplices of youth? We really need um, adults to be able to come in and support our students. 
but not do the work for them. Just remember that it's the voices of the students and it's the implementation and the ideas and the strategies for the students because in essence, the policy that they wrote um, is a policy that's for them. And it's our job to be able to help make sure that we follow through with our role as the adults, as the educators, to give them the curriculum that they're seeking, to give them the spaces and the avenues that they need to be able to use their voices, to speak, to be heard, and to share their ideas. We also need adults to remember, it's not the adult's agenda, it's the agenda of the students. Um, and our own lived experiences, our backgrounds that we have, um, we need to bring them to the table and really wholeheartedly with patience and come from a place of love, be able to collaborate with one another and understand that Cassidy's opinions and views may be different from Salmon's and may be different from Tanea's and may be different from someone else's, but we should be able to have um, some norms set in place where we can really listen to each other and learn from one another. And I can definitely say and we've learned a lot about ourselves. We have learned a lot about each other. We have learned a lot about what goes on at other schools and gained new ideas and, you know, gotten excited about what's to come. So I think the best thing for our students in New Hanover County is that we're, if we're going to have accomplishments, just know that this is a tough job. Um, it's one that's that can be easily done, but we these students are seeking for adults to come in to support them and work with them side by side, but just to be able to collaborate and help this policy have sustainability. Wonderful. Well, it's so impressive. And I want to make sure I get a chance to have each of our students give advice to other students, but in that, why student voice matters so much right now. Um, Salman, I'm gonna let you kick us off with some sprint advice. I think one of the first things I would say to any student uh, is, is don't be afraid to think big. I think that if you feel like you need to stand up for something, a certain problem, a certain issue you see in your community, you have to just do it. I think there's a lot of details and understanding and naysayers, all of that would be there. But these projects wouldn't have come into existence if there wasn't a couple of courageous students to first say, hey, I want to see this happen. I want to see the bigger picture. I want to see the vision where students have equitable and authentic platforms to raise their voice. The details, the logistics, the support, all of that kind of comes in naturally. But it starts off with courageous students who are able to first just speak up and say, I want to see this change in our community. Cassidy, what's your advice? When I first started out in this project, I had a lot of doubt that adults would really want to work with us and want to hear from us. Um, I didn't really think of all these people who had the decision-making power, like as people who really cared about students. But what I've realized through this process is that um, the school board, all of these educators are working for the good of students. We may not agree on everything, but they want to hear from us. Um, they don't want to shut us out. We are the reason they are there. Dr. K and Ms. Harper have just been amazing accomplices to us. Uh, we couldn't have done it without them. I mean, it was student led, but they did help us and guide us um, and help us find our voices and realize that we do have a space to share. Even if it's not set in stone yet, you can create that path you can be the person to share your voice, even if it doesn't seem like it right now. So that's what I would say. Just don't be afraid. 
um, you can trust adults and it's it's a, a really, really amazing process. Tanea, you get the final advice here. What would you like people to know? You are enough. You and your ideas and what you believe in is enough. During this, you know, time, Dr. K told us all the time when we would doubt ourselves, when we would ask a lot of questions, she'd be like, you don't really need me. You know, you don't have to, you know, you have the best ideas. And at the end of the day, even though we had help editing and, you know, word choices on the policy, students wrote the policy. You know, it wasn't a whole adult coming in trying to write it themselves and then, you know, saying, this is what we're going with, you know, take it or leave it. We sat down and did it with each other. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to, you know, not know what's going on, but you still have the power to do, to believe, to advocate for yourselves and for the people around you. So you are enough, you matter. And if you stay dedicated, if you stay committed and consistent, whatever you wanna do, whatever change you want to happen will occur. It will happen if you stay motivated and, and have a good team and just have good people around you to motivate you and back you up and be there when you're tired and when you don't understand. But at the end of the day, you are enough. Well, I just wanna thank all of you. I know how proud your teachers are right now. I'm looking at their faces of these students and just that you'll inspire and just how all the experiences you're getting right now will continue to serve you and our community so well. So thanks to each of you for being here for the work that you're doing and know that you're gonna inspire people across the state and beyond. I have no doubt. I can't wait to see what you all continue to do. So thank you so much for being here. And after the break, we will be joined by Bettina Umstead, the chair of the Durham Public School Board of Education. Education Matters is brought to you each week in part by Participate Learning, uniting our world through global learning. We are so pleased today to be joined by Bettina Umstead, the chair of the Durham Public Schools Board of Education. Bettina, welcome. I'm so glad to be here. I know that you have tremendous experience being on the school board, working with community members, board members, the district team, uh, teachers, but also students. And that is something I think that we believe is so important that we hear student voice and something that I know you prioritize. I'm curious to hear a little bit about why you think it's so important that we hear from students, especially in the decision-making processes. I often say that students are spending the most time with us in our school system, some from pre-K all the way through 12th grade. So one, it's our job to make sure they have a quality education, but it's also our job to make sure that their experience is a good one, that they feel it is um, rooted and affirmed in what they need. And so having students at the forefront, I think, may, involves a different level of engagement and buy-in, and it also means what we're doing is going to be best to support their learning. And I know one of the things that happens with school boards and school districts, there's so many things happening and so many decisions to be made and meetings that are so full that sometimes it's hard to actually make sure we make space for student voice. Do you have any tips or hints about how you've been able to do that that you think has worked really well? Are there some formal processes? Like we have a student advisory council um, in Durham Public Schools that meets with our superintendent and we are often able to tap into that network 
But I also find that volunteering in schools or in other nonprofit organizations where you have families and students is a great way to learn more about their process and what they're experiencing in school. It's informal, so it really gives me an opportunity to be like, so what about this and how about that? And what this, this decision that changes the uh, start of your school day, how does that impact you? Like a lot of those really informal conversations that I think really lead to rich um, understanding of how our policies from the boardroom are experienced by the students in our school district. One uh, large example that we made a step forward on this year was around dress code. We had many students who came to the board and said, you know, currently the way our dress code, or excuse me, at that time, the way the dress code was written, was not supportive of all students, not supportive of female students. It was more gendered. And they thought that we needed to change that. And they wrote um, not only to the school board, had meetings with us. They wrote an opt-ed in the paper here in Durham. And that led to a change in our dress code policy. We recognized those voices and said, you're right. And so we redid our dress code this year to make sure that we were supportive of students, took out some of that gendered language, and really recognizing that we want students to thrive in the classroom. So if dress is getting in the way, let's figure out how we move that out the way. We also heard students say they want to be reading and engaging with text that matters to their lives. And so um, most recently, I also visited a high school where students had done research on social issues that were important to them and came up with solutions. And they presented those to school board members as well as other members of the community to say, this is what we care about. This is what we're passionate about. And here are some ways that I think you all can make a difference and a change. And so that even made me think about, all right, what are, as a school board, how can we create more career opportunities? Because that was one thing that came up. High school students felt like they needed more connections to careers. And so that's helping expand and inform some of our career and technical education work. When uh, teachers are tapping into the inquiry piece and understanding where students' curiosity is, we see students kind of move forward with taking that information from the classroom and then moving it into a project. So when I think about, um, some of our specialty, specialty programs here in Durham, students who are in the Skilled Trades Academy talked a lot about, I'm interested in tinkering and moving things. And they took that interest into this specialized program that's giving them skills that they're able to use in the future. And I think what happens is when you kind of hook students with that student voice, you find more engagement in school. They have an opportunity to do something that they're interested in and their voices feel heard. And I think especially for young people right now, when we feel like there's a sense of isolation and disconnection, engaging in student voice builds that relationship and connects them with their school community. And if students ask or other school boards or teachers ask, like, how do we do more of this? What advice do you have? For students, I would say start talking. And for us educators, I would say start listening. And I mean, really just like, you know what? I'm not going to share all the ways that I might think this not would not work. I'm just going to listen. And I find that when we are quiet and allow students the space to stumble through new thoughts, it really creates an opportunity for us to learn something and then for students to feel like, huh, I have something to say and I have an audience that's going to be captive and listening. And I love, again, both informal and formal ways. So whether if I'm going to sit in the lunchroom with you to have this conversation or it's a more formal classroom setting where we're having a seminar, but that like just engaging in conversation where I'm asking questions and I'm listening, I think is the right posture to take. And one last question, um, Bettina, you've mentioned student choice throughout this and you know something that 
I'm passionate about is just how much choice we have within our public schools. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you have some thoughts about that, because I think it's student choice, family choice, parent choice um, to really make sure our kids have what they need. Yeah, I really think allowing students to drive some of the decisions that they are able to make. We know that some of them are made for them, but when it comes to deciding on what classes or ideas around electives or clubs in a school, really allowing student choice to drive what they're interested in. And I think oftentimes us as adults can do a little push maybe. They say, well, I think you really can do the honors or you can do that AP class, but really allowing them to say, this, you have an opportunity here. What are you interested in and match that choice with their decisions? Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for all you're doing and all you do every day to lift up student voices and just your tremendous leadership. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. After the break, this week's final word. Oftentimes, when we discuss education, we hear from parents, educators, legislators, and advocates about what's best for our students. All of those groups undoubtedly bring something important to the conversation, but they cannot say it all. We must also bring in the perspective of students. And when we ask, they have much to say and offer to important discussions and decisions. Last year, when students in New Hanover County developed a proposal to amplify the thoughts and concerns that they and their peers bring at school board meetings, they created the Student Voice Committee, among other means of representation at the county level, and the proposal was unanimously passed. As our guests shared, this was a student-led effort, and it demonstrates that the passion is there, but it is the responsibility of the decision makers to tap into that passion and listen. One of the main goals of the New Hanover Student Voice Committee is to diversify perspectives on how rules and policies can affect students based upon their background. It's no secret that things like ethnicity, socioeconomic background, and lived experiences impact our worldview and can leave us with blind spots we're unaware of. According to a report from the Center for American Progress, increasing student voice is particularly important for historically marginalized populations including students from Black, Latinx, Native American, and low-income communities, as well as students with disabilities. Despite intentions, unless students are given a platform to share their points of view, impacts on their daily lives can be easily overlooked. According to social-emotional experts, student choice in the classroom can better prepare students to make responsible decisions and advocate for themselves, as well as help teachers better understand and therefore connect with students. Uplifting student voices can also be an academic opportunity. According to the same report, giving students, particularly older ones, more ownership of their education and therefore increasing engagement and interest in school may lead to better student outcomes. Additionally, providing students a place to participate in education policy gives schools another opportunity to prepare their students for life as engaged citizens. It is also important to note that taking student voices into consideration can take many different forms. The new Hanover students who were able to form a student voice committee were able to achieve representation at a district level. This can also be done through student surveys. At a classroom or school level, implementing student government, student journalism, student-led conferences with teachers and parents, and democratic classroom practices are all ways to empower students to be directly engaged in their education. Determining what's best for schools can seem complicated, 
there are a lot of stakeholders in public education and no one wants to feel ignored. However, if we do not prioritize the voice of the school's main stakeholders, their students, we're missing the point. Education is about preparing students to meet their full potential. And when we express to them that their input is not required to do so, we risk stifling that potential. If we wanna do what's best for our kids, listening to them is a simple but essential step. Thank you for taking time with us to learn and think about education. That's all for today and we'll see you next week.
When I go into classrooms across North Carolina, I'm so excited to see culturally responsive teaching practices and culturally responsive curriculum, reading resources for our students. Our students are seeing themselves in their classrooms, in their environments, and the things that they're learning. I think as the biggest stakeholders of the game, really, we need youth voices to be heard in order to create like this culture of, of co-creation, of inclusivity. And I think that's essential to addressing our current and our future systemic issues. I think that um, solving a lot of those issues starts right here, right now with us. And um, I think that means reaching out to all types of students, uh, you know, not just the academics, the athletes, the band kids, but really just the students who are also sitting in the back who may not be taking the most from the system. I think one of the first things I would say to any student uh, is, is don't be afraid to think big. I think that if you feel like you need to stand up for something, a certain problem, a certain issue you see in your community, you have to just do it. I think there's a lot of details and understanding and naysayers, all of that would be there, but these projects wouldn't have come into existence if there wasn't a couple of courageous students to first say, hey, I want to see this happen. I want to see the bigger picture. I want to see the vision where students have equitable and authentic platforms to raise their voice. The details, the logistics, the support, all of that kind of comes in naturally, but it starts off with courageous students who are able to first just speak up and say, I want to see this change in our community. When I first started out in this project, I had a lot of doubt that adults would really want to work with us and want to hear from us. Um, I didn't really think of all these people who had the decision-making power, like as people who really cared about students. But what I've realized through this process is that um, the school board, all of these educators, are working for the good of students. We may not agree on everything, but they want to hear from us. Um, they don't wanna shut us out. We are the reason they are there.
Access to dependable health coverage is a priority for every stage of life. That's why at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina, we resolve to have your back and be your trusted partner in health, just like we've done for 88 years. We work hard to offer plans in North Carolina's 100 counties, as well as a broad provider network, so you have the confidence to make caring for your family easy. Visit BlueCrossNC.com to learn more about coverage that's right for you.